Fantasy managers, hello and welcome to the FPL Addicts Game Week 4 team selection show for Fantasy Premier League 2021 and 2022. It's powered by Esports Live and sponsored by Bonus Bank. Today it's myself and the Guru as we reveal the Guru's plans and strategies for the upcoming game weeks, but mostly Game Week 4, with the reminder that any questions you may have, drop them in the comments in the live chat and we will do our best to get to as many as possible. And if you are here on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and, and you like, just so you never miss an upload and you can keep getting the best advice out there from the Guru. But um, as I've mentioned him a lot already in my introduction, it's myself and the Guru today, so it's time to bring the actual Guru in. So how are you, mate? Yeah, great. Thanks, Elliot. Like, just can't wait for this uh, this game week. There's just so much anticipation, obviously, uh, with the Ronaldo transfer, um, you know, all these wild cards, all of these hits and, you know, all of that type of stuff. So, yeah, can't wait. I think, um, you know, international break um, is, is throwing quite a few spanners in the works. So, yeah, it's going to be a big game week and I can't wait for it to can't wait for it to start. Yeah, we've definitely been starved of our, our fancy football fix for, for one week, which is definitely one week too many. And I know a lot of people um, have definitely been missing it. It's felt like quite a long international break to me. I don't know if you feel the same, but it feels like it's really, really dragged on. I agree. I think a lot of it, a lot of it as well is we just got the Premier League back, you know, and then uh, within three weeks, it's kind of been taken away from us again. And we had all the international breaks with the Euros and the uh, Copper America, you know, it was already done in the uh, in the preseason. So, um yeah, I think um, I completely agree. It just feels like it's been forever, even though, what, a week and a bit ago, probably, or two weeks, whatever it is. It, it feels like a lot longer. So, yeah, I just can't wait for it to come back. Yeah, absolutely. And we won't keep anybody watching any longer. We will get right into it. We'll get discussing uh, the Guru's team for the game week first and any transfers that he has made. And from the last time that I would have spoken to you, there won't be too many changes because you were very, very affirmative on that. You're not going to be playing your wild card just because of Ronaldo and Kane and Lukaku and all that sort of stuff. So we're starting with Robert Sanchez in goal. You know, he's he's the 4.5 million keeper, isn't he? He's the one to have out of all of them. You know, you'd really like to hope that he could keep a clean sheet this week? Yeah, so I'm a, it's a bit of a mixed bag with him because I've got um, Tony up front as well. So, you know, if Sanchez doesn't uh, keep a clean sheet, then I'm hoping I get a Tony goal. Um, but then if I get, you know, a, uh, a Tony blank, then hopefully it means a Sanchez clean sheet. So, um yeah, we'll see what happens there. I think, um, you know, of all the weeks, um, I wouldn't mind him not keeping one with Tony. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Green fixture. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he goes. And he's sort of planned. I know we've we've spoken about it on, on previous shows, but, um, you know, he's sort of in a lot of FPL managers' plans to keep for quite a few upcoming game weeks just because he is so cheap. And, you know, as, as you've definitely said, Brighton aren't the, the, the strongest team defensively. It was a little bit of a myth, I think, earlier on in the season um, with everybody, you know, going over how cheap Robert Sanchez was. But, you know, he's in a lot of people's plans because he is that cheap. And, um, you know, when you go with budget in your, your defence, you can definitely start building uh, some premiums up further up the pitch. So um, if we move on to the defence, starting with Ben White, which is uh, actually a little bit of a controversial pick i know you've had him in your team uh for a couple of game weeks now you know and he had that i think he had covid or whatever and you know he was couldn't play and all that sort of stuff so are you hoping he can uh, be back in your starting lineup this week and start firing for you yeah like, it's a mixed one obviously with me and, and ben white because you know if he doesn't do well then uh, normally it means arsenal haven't picked up a result which is which is great but you know if he does do well then i get some fpl points so um yeah he's been in, in there since the start um, I think if I just quickly click into him now um, with his info, 
Um, what's he down to now? He's about 4.4 in price. So I got him at 4.5. So he has gone down. But, um, you know, you look at these, you look at these fixtures um, coming up. We've got the Norwich one. Uh, the Burnley one, obviously play Spurs, um, Brighton, Palace, Villa. So I kind of got him more sort of for this long-term kind of um, hall of fixtures, which is why I had him in at the start. So, yeah, I think this Norwich game is one of the reasons I kind of got him in to begin with. So I think, um, yeah, this could be the week that, that he returns some points. Yeah, it's funny you say that, that Arsenal-Norwich fixture is quite a, an interesting one because on the FPL show, I did manage to catch some of it. They're actually talking about how good of an asset Timu Puki is going to be this week because he was playing Arsenal. So it's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag for both teams and, you know, there's not really too much um, certainty as to how that one's going to go. But, um, yeah, you'd like to hope that Arsenal would start to pick up a little bit of form. Obviously, you wouldn't like that as the, the resident Spurs fan, but, um, you know, they probably eventually will. But um, Luke Shaw's the second man in your back three for this game week. And, you know, we have spoken a fair bit about him and, you know, coming off that incredible Euro campaign that he had with England, you know, countless assists. Um, he hasn't really managed to hit the heights so far this season, albeit only three game weeks in. Newcastle at home this week. As much as I hate to say it, is this going to be his week to get that massive haul that the managers have been waiting for? Yeah, look, I think it could be. Again, Luke Shaw, this was, you know, when I sort of look at his, uh, his opening games, um, this was probably one of the sort of opening four that I was, you know, wanting to own him for. Um, it was this one. Um, then we also had the uh, the first one against Leeds. Didn't do too well on that. Um, Saints did okay. Uh, Wolves returned a clean sheet. And then, yeah, this Newcastle one's really why I've sort of stuck with him. Um, I didn't want to transfer him out before this one. I think it could be a big opportunity for him to you know, maybe keep a clean sheet and get an assist um, and some bonus. Um, so, yeah, obviously definitely stays in my team. Uh, for now, um, with this fixture, but yeah, not too sure if I'll be holding on to him long term. But um, yeah, I'm expecting something from him this weekend for sure. Yeah, you definitely like to hope so. You know, managers have been starved um, of a return, um, a big return for him. Um, you know, for the first couple three game weeks, which you know, there were, albeit there was a lot of hype uh, around him due to his Euro campaign, but um, he definitely hasn't hit the heights that a lot of people would have hoped at that five and a half million price point that he started in at but um, we've got a, a question from Daniel and he asks Pookie the asset or Lacazette and um, obviously Lacazette hasn't been uh, too focal for Arsenal so far this season um, came on as a sub against Man City and obviously we know how that game went but as he says this fixture could decide club's fate heading towards December when needed by both it's a massive relegation six pointer isn't it Daniel but you know in terms of Lacazette guru I think it's quite an interesting one that he raises if Arsenal can start firing you know these sort of fixtures are the ones that you're going to suppose that they're going to be doing that so do you think Lacazette is a, is an option out there? Yeah, look, I do. He was um, obviously one of the differentials we spoke about the other night. So, um, yeah, I think between Lacazette and Pukki, you'd pick Lacazette every time at home. Um, he's got a really good um, home record as well for Arsenal and does tend to score against these, you know, lower clubs, even if obviously Arsenal are a bit of a lower <laughs> club themselves at the moment. So, um, but honestly, I do think I do think he's a good option this week, Lacazette. Um, for something different, um, you know, and then they got Burnley after that, um, then a few other sort of good fixtures, there's six or seven games preceding that. So, yeah, I think if it was a pick between the two, um, obviously Lacazette cost a bit more, but um, yeah, probably Lacazette over, over Pookie for sure. I think, um, yeah, it could go under the radar some of these Arsenal players uh, this weekend, um, especially if they obviously fire. 
Yeah, definitely. And they did have that, you know, that 5-0 thumping of, uh, of West Brom in the Cup. So it would be quite typical of Arsenal to uh, to bounce back this weekend with something. But um, we definitely won't hold our breath with that one. And um, the, the third man in your back three is, uh, is another little conundrum that you've got because you've got another defensive mismatch. You know, you have Tony and Sanchez and now you've got Livermento and Antonio. So is it the same situation again? You're hoping for a, a big, big return from Antonio? Yeah, it's a tough one. You know what? I'd probably prefer a... Um... A Liberamento return this weekend than an Antonio one, uh, Antonio one, because uh, you know he's a lot um, less owned. Um, so I would like a Liberamento return, but yeah, he's just in there at the moment um, until I hear press conferences from uh, Jurgen Klopp. Because you know I'm hearing these rumours, Samikas might be getting the start against Leeds, mm-hmm. um, and I do think if I get you know that intel that I think he's going to you know take over Robertson's. Uh, spot this weekend, then um, I'll probably take Livermento out and then put Samikas in because I think, you know, Liverpool with Van Dijk at the back, clean sheet machines. Um, and even if they were to concede against Leeds, he just gets so far forward. So um, I think I'll probably back a Liverpool asset, um, especially a Leeds without Rafinha, um, a, you know, as opposed to having Livermento. So yeah, at the moment, Livermento is in there for now. If I had to pick between Clean sheet or an Antonio goal would definitely be the clean sheet. Um, but yeah, if I get the intel on Samikas, then yeah, he's an easy, easy um, switch out uh, between the two. Yeah, and I think Livermento is so deserving of a return as well. He's been so brilliant for Southampton in uh, in the early stages of the season. And it's funny you say that about Samikas. It has been uh, circulating on Twitter that you know there is potential that he is going to get the start against Leeds. So I do think that that is one that you know a lot of people out there you need to be watching with close eyes. I'm sure Klopp's going to be asked about it. Um, so you know if you've still got Samikas like myself and the Guru, it's definitely definitely worth keeping a keen eye out for that one. But um, that that's your defence, fairly solid I'd say. And you know if, if you do get that intel that Samikas is going to start, he's going to slot in there for Livermento. So um, you know mostly green fixtures. The only one there that isn't green is Leeds. So you'd definitely be hoping for a couple of clean sheets and maybe an attacking return there uh, from your defence. But um, if we move on to your midfield now, Mohamed Salah is the first one there. And I spoke about it on Wednesday. Such a massive return. I think it was a 20-pointer for him, Leeds, at home last season. He's playing them away this time and he did uh, blank last time out against them in a, the one-all draw that they had at Ellen Road. But um, are you hoping for big things from Salah? Um. Yeah, look, if Liverpool score, I'm always expecting it to be him. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I've got a feeling maybe a few wild cards might have decided to shift Salah. Um, so, you know, whether or not that's true, he could then become, you know, a little bit more of a differential um, at some stage. Obviously, it's tough because he is so highly owned. But I've seen a few wild card drafts this week without Salah. Um, obviously, they've gone for Yota instead. So, um, yeah, definitely expecting if Liverpool do score. Um, that he's going to be involved in it in, in some in some way. Um, but yeah, maybe not a, a huge score from him this weekend uh, with it being Leeds. I do think Leeds are um, a, a strong side. So, you know, definitely, um, yeah, maybe an assist or at least a goal. Yeah, Matt Gaston just asked for um, who you think he should go with his pick for his captaincy for the game week. And he asked between Salah and Antonio. And whilst we're on the topic of Salah, I think it's a, a fairly good time to to bring that up. So if you had the pick between the two, Guru, who would you go with? Um, I'd probably still say Salah because midfield points um, guaranteed to be on penalties. Um, so you're always going to get more points when a midfielder scores. They are both good options, though. Um Thing about Antonio, it's obviously on a great run. Um, he's really hot right now, but 
Um, yeah, I'd always back. Uh, I'd always back Salah in in fantasy league. Uh, to be honest, he's an absolute points machine. Is the Egyptian king? So uh, you know, he's always that fixture-proof player that you can always slip the armband on. And um, you'd be expecting a return from him more times than not. Uh, the second man in your midfield is Jack Grealish. And um, he's had an all right uh, couple of games away with England. He hasn't been too prolific. But, um, you know, he's sort of just the story of his season so far. He's sort of just doing the, the good things quietly and, you know, not, not necessarily exploding. But um, he's doing fairly well for you. And since you brought him in the two game weeks that I think you've had him, uh, he's been fairly decent for you. So you expect him, you know, more of the same. A tough fixture against Leicester this week. But are you hoping for more of the same? this week yeah look I'm uh, I'm I'm confident on uh, Grealish this week obviously if he starts you know he did get the the full 90 for England you know Man City have got a lot of options in that side um, but you know he's, he's played all the 90 minutes so far um, with the exception of the Norwich game he come off here 74 minutes but he's played you know started each game so far so um, yeah I've got a good feeling about him um, Leicester have got a lot of injuries at the back uh, Grealish is starting to settle into this team more so um, you know, I think he's you know got a goal in him maybe this weekend. Um, but again, you know, you can never read Pep Guardiola and what he's going to do. But um, yeah, I've held Grealish two weeks. I've had him. He's returned. Um, you know, and I'm expecting points again from him this weekend if he if he gets the nod in that lineup. Yeah, it's always that difficulty with the uh, with the Man City players. You're never really too sure that um, if they're going to be starting, but you'd like to hope that if he did, he'd be in and amongst it. He's obviously a, a very creative player, and you know he's always got that spark and that razzle to to turn a game on its head and uh, get his team over the line. So hopefully he can do that for your team as well. And the the third player in your midfield is the one that I've been looking forward to discussing the most. It's Human Son. And uh, if you are just listening along, you won't be able to see, but there is a little yellow triangle situated just above Human Son's uh, character, player, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, you know, are you fairly confident that he's going to start this week, Guru, or are you a little bit apprehensive? I am a little bit worried. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he's obviously... First, when I'd heard he was leaving the uh, the South Korea camp, I thought, you know, they're, they're playing Lebanon in a friendly. Um, you know, there's not really any need to you know, kind of play him anyway to begin with. But, um, yeah, I've not sort of heard too much noise out of the, uh, you know, from the Spurs forums, from the Spurs social media sort of pages and stuff. So, yeah, it's really going to come down to the wire with Son and um, and press conferences and, you know, looking out for those images of him training. So, um, yeah, I'm a little worried, to be honest. Um, you know, I was hoping with, which we'll come to a bit later, but I was kind of hoping to maybe not have to use a transfer this week. And, yeah, this is... Um, uh, this injury could be the, uh, you know, the reason I, I may have to transfer. So yeah, I'll really be waiting to hear what Nuno has to say and, and checking all the uh, the social media before I, um, you know, do anything. But yeah, definitely worried, especially because this weekend it would have been the, um, you know, the Crystal Palace fixture, um, which have been would have been perfect for him. Um, so uh, yeah, bit bit um, bit disappointed that there's a an injury cloud over him. Yeah, it's always a, a difficult one. You know, last season we talked about it so much with the, the Jose Mourinho mind games, but obviously it's, it's definitely not that these days. So uh, it is a little bit of a worry for managers such as yourself that do have him uh, in their team. But you know, we'd like to keep our fingers crossed that he's going to start. And as the guru said, keep your eye out for the press conferences is probably your best bet. And, you know, just find out 
what Nuno does end up saying. Because even if he even if he stays on the bench and you know manages to get on, you'd, you'd like to hope that Son would be able to do uh, something for Spurs against Crystal Palace. But um, we've got another question from our very own Jack Gillibrand, and he says, "Guru, I've taken out the Villa boys and brought in Antonio in for Ings and Marcel for Target with my two free transfers. Rate or hate?" Oh yeah, definitely rate those two. I think um, Antonio is just a given right now. Um, and yeah, Marcel, someone I really like. Um, yeah, I like, I like the look of the Wolves' defence. Um, I know they've conceded in each game, but um, they've been quite unlucky with the goals they've conceded, and they got a really good uh, set of fixtures. So yeah, Marcel at four point five mil, uh, I think it's a great, great shout. And um, yeah, targets not really delivered so far this season compared to last. So yeah, for two tra- uh, two free transfers, it's pretty good. But I am surprised that Jack's not using to bring in Ronaldo, which. Um, you know, I thought initially thought that maybe Jack uh, wasn't doing it because he didn't want to take a hit. But um, yeah, for two free, I'm, I'm surprised he's not bringing Ronaldo. But um, yeah, no, good moves, good moves. Yeah, and obviously Ronaldo has been the the talk of the town for the past three or so shows that we have done, and he's you know still such a massive, uh, prolific figure within the the FPL community and football community. So you know even even now, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it all season. You know a lot of people will be basing their teams around trying to get Ronaldo in and trying to fit Salah and Kane and all those sorts of players in, which will definitely be quite difficult. But um, to round out your midfield, you got Bruno Fernandez, as we mentioned, was sure home to Newcastle. You know Bruno, I, I saw a the other day that he's blanked in his something out of 15 it was a fairly high number uh game weeks in, in fantasy premier league because he did have that sort of a tapered sort of end to the season last season but again do you think this week is going to be a, another big week from bruno like game week one possibly um look the captain's armbands on him for now because of the sun injury um you know and as soon as i sort of had the doubts on sun um it went back onto fernandez and i think um you know, this this could be the week. Um, you know, this was one of the four, similar to Shaw, uh, from the opening games. This was one I sort of highlighted for Fernandez and thought, all right, I've got to have him for that one. He's going to be my captain. That was pre-Ronaldo. Um, but like, even with, uh, you know, Ronaldo around, I think if I look at my lineup, um, you know, he's probably the sort of best captain option to go for. Um, home game, you know, whether or not he's going to lose his pens, that could be a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a question up in the air, but I still think, um, you know, he's got potential to provide at least a couple of assists if, if United do score a few goals um, and a goal or so. So, um, yeah, look, staying on him for now, unless, you know, I get the uh, the intel that Son's fully fit, then that might change. But, um, yeah, I think Bruno's got a big chance of, um, you know, getting some points this week. And do you think that he's going to be moved off as penalties? You know, if you had to make an educated guess, personally, I do think that if Ronaldo's on the pitch, there is absolutely no way that he's letting anyone else other than himself take the spot kick. But, you know, do you think that Bruno's going to be the man to stay on uh, penalties? I think he should. Um, And I think he will, but it will be a case-by-case basis. Um, You know, I think for United... um, He's just been brilliant the last couple of years. He's scored so many penalties. Um, you know, I don't think they should take Ronaldo off um, off them. So I think they should keep him on them. But I think, yeah, it would just be a case-by-case basis depending on the, you know, the moment in the game. Um, you know, if Ronaldo's maybe scored a couple of goals, they might put him in on there to get a third. Or, you know, if it's a big moment, um, yeah, it's just so tough to sort of give an exact answer. So I'll probably say, um, yeah, probably on the fence with that one um but i definitely don't think they should uh, be taking him off he's 
you know, he's a, I think statistically the um, he is a better penalty taker than Ronaldo. So um, yeah, I think he's got to stay on them. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, you know, when a, a big name and a, a fairly big ego in Ronaldo does come to the club, you know, he's going to be that quite assertive uh, sort of player, you'd like to think. And, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't, if he isn't taking the, the penalties, he wouldn't be ha- too happy to uh, give them to Fernandez uh, too easily. But um, obviously, none of us are Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, none of us know the game plan, so we can just make es- uh, educated guesses at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think it's a, a fair assessment from you there. I think it would be harsh to take Bruno off them, but I personally do think that, if Ronaldo's on the pitch, he's going to be wanting to take the penalties. But um, obviously, only time will tell. And um, if Newcastle do manage to give away their uh, their fourth penalty in four games this weekend, which uh, is starting to become somewhat of a record, I think, for consecutive games giving away a penalty, um, it will definitely be interesting. So if any team's going to do it at the minute, it looks like it's going to be Newcastle. But um, as I've mentioned the past couple of weeks, super strong midfield there, Guru. You know, even if Son doesn't play, um, we'll touch on the transfers, the, the possible incomings if Son isn't playing and if he is uh, just in a little bit. But we'll go through your forwards now. You're sticking with Danny Ings. Yeah, he's staying for now, I think. So my my kind of plans coming into this game week was, you know, look at bringing in Calvert-Lewin for him. Um, but then I sort of changed my mind and thought, look, I'm going to save the two. Um, you know, see if I can maybe bring Ronaldo in next week or you know potentially the week after if, if i need to um but yeah now i'm sort of thinking i'm just going to stick with him because i'm thinking chelsea have had probably quite a few players go away on international duty watkins is going to be back up front with ings um i looked at ings's record against chelsea it was strong um and obviously i've got the sun uh, potential injury for son so um i just thought probably not worth rushing him out of the team he's returning every game so far and um, I still think um, you know, this is a very tough fixture for him. But next week at home to Everton, um, you know, my preference was to probably have Ings um, over Calvert-Lewin in that one. So, you know, I still think I'm going to get a good fixture out of Ings over the next couple of weeks at least before I uh, eventually remove him. Yeah, and I have my say on that, you know, the, the red Everton fixture. I think it was the last show that we did. I just still don't think that Everton is a, is a red fixture on the FDR rating, but um, it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. And, you know, I think a lot of managers should uh, should take a leaf out of your book there. You know, Danny Ings, uh, he's proven he can do it with Southampton. This Aston Villa side is substantially stronger than that Southampton team that, you know, he got that, that massive uh, amount, abundance of goals uh, two seasons ago now. So, you know, it's it's quite an interesting mood to see. A lot of people have uh, have jumped the gun on him, and you know, it, it just sort of goes to show Guru that the fixtures don't always tell the true story with a lot of players. And you know, Ings is, he's definitely not necessarily a fixture-proof player, but you know, he's pretty close to to having that title. Would you say? Oh yeah. Look, I think we had some chats in the Discord in the week, and you know, I, I listed off the teams he scored against before, and you know, it's all of the uh, sort of top six clubs in the last couple of years. That was in a Saints team where he was leading the line. A lot of the time, um, either on his own, sometimes with Che Adams. Um, so, yeah, definitely think he can score against anyone. Um, you know, and as well, if you look at some of these fixtures later on, um, you know, again, week eight, all the way till about 13, you know, probably become someone that you're going to want want back in your team or need in your team. So, um, yeah, look, FPL has shown down the years that it's not always about the fixtures. It's about the player. It's about the, t- the form of the team and the club. Um, and, yeah, I'd... I'd uh, I'm still backing Danny Ings to, um, you know, to get some goals in the next few games. But it might not be this week against Chelsea because, you know, we know how strong they are at the back. But, you know, I'd definitely back him in the um, in the preceding fixtures after that for sure. So, 
um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. But I think, um, yeah, if he does score this weekend, it's yeah, I'm going to be very, very uh, delighted to uh, to have stuck with him. And um, yeah, I'll probably be creating a bit of noise on the uh, on the socials if he does score. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'll be uh, taking a leaf out of your book as well and holding on to Ings with my team. I've got a little bit of a, a crisis up top with uh, two out of the three of my strikers having that injury cloud over them. So we can just hope that, um, you know, that Calvert-Lewin is past fit and uh, we'll see where we go from there. But definitely, definitely support the, uh, the, the keeping Ings in your team. I think, as I've said, he's going to, you know, score against most teams if he gets the opportunity to so I think it would be uh, quite silly to take him out and as you said a lot of nice fixtures after this sort of run of red and you know even if it is a run of red you know Villa have been a team you know past past year this season as well they'll, they'll probably show that they can turn up and beat uh, most teams in this league so it's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch but um, Ivan Tony, you know he broke his, uh, his Premier League duck as we'll call it the, the two-game duck that he had uh, due to his own standards um is he going to hit the ground running now for Brentford and is he you know he's going to get a couple goals and keep keep that sort of record up yeah look, I really hope he does get his first uh, home Premier League goal this weekend um yeah I've stuck with him so far I've got a goal out of him hoping I can get another one with maybe with some uh, extra bonus this week and then you know I'm probably going to have to um you know hold on to him the week after at home to Wolves um and yeah like again like probably someone that I sort of didn't just bring him in for those first two games. I bring him in for at least the first five. So yeah, I'm really hoping it pays off. Yeah. And obviously he's that, that cheap sort of price and, you know, he's got, as, as we said, he's that enabler in your in your forward line. And for the amount of goals that he scored in the championship last season, I know Ali rattled on about all the championship players a lot on the podcast. But if he's if he's definitely going to be the one out of all of them that's going to be able to, to grab some goals for you and get you a lot of FPL points and at that cheap price as well, you know, why not? So another green fixture this week. And um, we can keep our fingers crossed for, for all the, the Tony trainers out there that um, you can keep that going. And then Antonio is the man to wrap it up. And I wanted to uh, talk about him last because uh you know he's just been so so brilliant uh, for West Ham this season we did have a, a question from Daniel a little bit ago where he says you wouldn't captain Antonio question mark so you know what's sort of putting you off sticking the armband on in this week guru um I just think it's just the other options I've got um you know Bruno nice home game you get the midfielder points um you know Salah as well midfielder points um so yeah I think for me our, our preference is if I've got a midfielder with a good fixture um, who's in form as well, then I prefer to put it on him because you usually get that one goal from a midfielder with a bonus. And, you know, you normally need a, a goal and assist from a striker to kind of cover those points. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably why. But, you know, Antonio is an absolute fire at the moment. Saints are conceding goals, um, you know. But, again, I think Antonio is what I'm still keeping my eye on because once the Europa League comes in for West Ham, I'll probably, uh, you know, be a little concerned about him. Um, his hamstrings, you know, his workload, having to play two games in a week. So he's definitely one I'm still going to be uh, wary of. But again, taking advantage of his, his early season heroics. Yeah, and how heroic he has been for West Ham. I think if anyone's going to be my transfer for this week, which we will touch on a little bit later as well, that's probably going to be it for me. But, um, you know, he's just been so brilliant. Uh, obviously, the top scorer in FPL so far this season. So if you if you can get him in your team, uh, don't make the same mistake that I have and uh, pretty much get him in as soon as, you know, as Guru says, as soon as those sort of European fixtures hit, because obviously West Ham don't have the uh, the squad depth necessarily to uh, sort of cover for him. So it will be interesting. But he obviously also uh, 
the, you know, the international fixtures and stuff like that, Guru, what sort of repercussions? I just want to discuss it quickly. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of the Brazilian players and all that sort of stuff aren't able to play this week. And we know the, the saga with Emi Martinez and Buendia and all the Argentinians as well. So, you know, they're definitely going to affect your transfers this week. Um, but, um, you know, what do you sort of think that the strategy around that is? If you've got them in your team, do you think that managers out there need to get rid of them or do you reckon they should just hold? Um, I think, yeah, it just depends on the player, really. Um, someone like Rafinha, definitely don't get rid of him. You know, keep him. Um, he's got a great set of fixtures coming up. So, you know, he's probably someone you don't want to just sell. Um, Martinez hasn't really had the best start for Villa anyway um, in terms of clean sheets and points. So, you know, you could probably dispose of him. Uh, Buendia, um, again, yeah, he's probably not set the world alight. He's got the one goal. Um and then I think from the other sort of Brazilians, you've got Fabinho is probably not really in many people's teams. Uh, Alisson, I'd probably keep hold of him um, as long as you've got a number two that can come on because, yeah, Alisson's uh, kept a, I think, clean sheets in each game so far. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag again with um, depending on, you know, the player and their form and that type of thing. But, yeah, the one man I wouldn't I wouldn't get rid of is, um, is Rafinha. Yeah, and he was definitely in a lot of managers' plans after, you know, ticking over that game week three mark. I know a lot of people that did want to get him in, but um, we will touch on on your transfers now. And you've already alluded to the fact that, you know, if Son isn't passed as fit, he's probably going to be the one to go. But you've also said that if he is passed fit, then Fernandez might be the one to go. So is it a, a premium midfielder on your mind that you want to get into your team or is it just sort of bite the bullet, uh, get a, a budget sort of midfielder and enabler in and uh, sort of try and work your way up to, to one of the big boys up top? Yeah, look, initially it was, so the first transfer was going to be Ings to DCL um, and then Calvert-Lewin picked his knock-up. Um, but now I've seen that Calvert-Lewin's back in training and he you know, looks good to go for, for the Monday night game. But then I've kind of changed my sort of stance on getting rid of Ings because I am liking, uh, you know, the fact that Watkins is back with him and, you know, next week he's got the fixture at home uh, to Everton. So that transfer is probably not going to happen right now. Um, Bruno's not going to come out. Um, that's just more so um, if I save two transfers this week, he could come out and then I could upgrade Tony for, um, you know, either Ronaldo or Kane or Lukaku, um, whoever kind of needs to be uh, upgraded. Um, but yeah, obviously the Son injuries, you know, really throwing the spanner in the work. So, you know, I've got a couple of options of either, you know, bringing in uh, Samikas and playing a 4-3-3. Um, obviously if Son's out, then if I obviously get the, Intel that Son does play, then it probably just stays exactly like this, three four three. Um, you know, I did also have similar transfer idea to Jack with Marcel um, to come in for some ECAS, um, then or even a Marty because I can can afford that switch. But I kind of just looked at it and thought, you know, this is probably the time where if I don't need to transfer um, or I can just hold for one week, it's still early enough. I've still got a good enough team um, to kind of hold that transfer. So um, yeah, if Son. Um, you know, if Son pulls through and is fit enough to start the game, then it'll probably be this exact team. You know, if Son doesn't play, then I'll probably make a switch. Um, and yeah, I'll probably be looking at someone like maybe Yotta from Liverpool. Um, it could have been Rafinha from Leeds, but obviously he's not going to be playing this week. So yeah, probably someone like Yotta from Liverpool with, um, you know, if Son uh, doesn't play. But yeah, if Son does play, then he stays. And then this is this is going to be my side. 
Yeah, I think it's a fairly safe bet, and it's a, it's nice to hear. You know that you might want to roll over Guru. We all know how much uh, I love to to roll over a transfer, so it's uh, definitely uh, some astute business from you there. But Daniel's just asked, and he says uh, he's questioning whether the Brazilian players can play or if they can't. He says they're not marked as unavailable on the FPL app. To my understanding, I, I might oh I might be wrong. I'm sure the Guru knows better than me. To my understanding, if they had travelled overseas, they're banned. And even if even if they hadn't uh, travelled overseas, I know Miguel Almiron for Newcastle is unavailable. Uh, for the game this weekend, I'm pretty certain. So what's the situation with that, Guru? Let, let everyone know. Yeah, I'm hearing the exact same thing, that they're currently unavailable. So Davison Sanchez is another one. He um, you know, he didn't even travel. Uh, Columbia actually played, I think, this morning. And um, he posted their lineup, and he wasn't in it. Um, he's not been able to travel there. Um, but even he can't play this weekend. It's all just, yeah, it's quite ridiculous, to be honest. Um, but at the moment, it's, it's looking like, um, you know, none of these... These players are going to be able to play, um, but again, that could change before deadline. There could be a decision that changes this. So, yeah, keep your eyes out. But I'd probably say at the moment, it's it's just looking um, looking like we're going to miss a lot of players this weekend. So, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate, um, but you know, that's probably going to mess a, a lot of people's teams up. You know, people that are transferred early. Um, you know, even wild cards and plans to wild card and put players in, but. You know, that's, that's why we always say, you know, wait till press conferences, especially after an international break. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's an interesting one. I'm just watching the chat there and Daniel's asked about Edison again. And I think the, the Man City situation at the minute, they're, uh, they're pretty devoid of goalkeepers because I'm, I'm hearing that Zach Steffen's got COVID as well. So I think Scott Carson is the man expected to be uh, in between the sticks for the citizens this week. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one with that. So if you wanted to take a, if you're playing a free hit or anything this week, Scott Carson might be the goalkeeper to go with, but obviously he does have Leicester. Um, so, you know, you can never be too sure about that one. But um, Rory asked a question and you know as, as many Ollie likes to call him the, the FPL goat but you obviously are the, the FPL guru and he says you know if Son isn't going to play do you still think it's smart to captain Kane do you think that restricts Kane or do you think that maybe bolsters uh, the the assertion to, to stick the armband on him I think uh, if I had Kane and I think we said on the pod the other week it's probably my uh, number one choice if I had Kane in my side for this weekend I did read a stat last night and um he scored in the last four games at Selhurst Park. He scored the opening goal in all four of them. So, you know, he's got a good record against them. He's got a good record against everyone. Um, I think not having Sun doesn't make a difference for him. You know, we've seen it with England in the last week. He's kind of stepped up in every single game. He's looked really sharp again. So, yeah, I think he's going to be hungry for goals and he'll want to get off the mark uh, tomorrow because he obviously hasn't scored so far this season. So, yeah, Kane's a great uh, choice for, for captain this week. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously we know how good Harry Kane is with or without his, uh, his partner in crime, Human Son. So, you know, he's done it time and time again, season after season. So it will uh, definitely be an interesting one and one to watch. And uh, our very own man, Chris Reed, uh, it's quite early there in England, still around 9.35. So he asked, what's uh, what's your thoughts on Jimenez or Huang Hee Chan for Wolves with their great fixtures coming up? And we have spoken a lot about Wolves uh, on the show today, just because, you know, they've been so unlucky at the start of the season, Guru, you know, losing all those games. I think they've only lost uh, by a one-goal margin so far this season and in each and every one of them you could argue that they deserved a little bit more so you know a strikers sort of a priority to get into your team from Wolves do you think? Probably not right now um, but I'm definitely keeping a close eye out on Jimenez especially um, you know he's proven it down the years in Fantasy League how good he is um, you know how he, and he gets bonus points he gets in all the right positions he gets a lot of goals he gets assists so 
definitely keep my eye on him. Um, you know, maybe not right now because, you know, Wolves haven't scored a goal. Um, you know, in this Watford game, it's probably going to be a lot tougher than what a lot of us are sort of thinking. Um, you know, they've got a very tight defence themselves. So, um, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye out on Reedy. But, yeah, maybe give him a week. Um, you know, if, if you can sort of hold out, I'd probably give them a week uh, just to wait. And Ollie just says the streets won't forget Huang He Chan's wants to watch card at the start of FIFA 21. And, you know, I'd definitely be lying to you if it wasn't that and uh, that Liverpool game that, uh, you know, sort of brought him to, to life. And, you know, that's that's how a lot of people know who he is. So, as he says, hopefully he bosses it at the Molyneux and uh, he is that sort of cheap enabler striker, similar to Tony. Um, so if he does, you know, get a couple of starts for, for Wolves and make something happen, then I'm sure he's going to be on a lot of people's radars. But um, we will move on to some podcast questions now, just quickly before we touch on the cap captaincy options and um, we've got one from FPL commander and he asks with Jimenez possibly not playing this game week and he's on a wild card should he go with adding Yota and go from a fourth three four three to a three five two and get more value in defense or hold Jimenez yeah, it's a good question um yeah, Jimenez obviously does have the fixtures um but I also like Yota as well um I think uh, he's on he's on a he did post his team. That's right. He's on his wild card. So, um, I do think though, if you're going to wild card, now is probably the time to get Yota in because he's kind of nailed in your side. Then someone like Jimenez, you, you're going to be able to bring him in anyway. He's an easy switch for someone like Antonio. Um, say Antonio gets injured or his form goes down, it's a really easy sort of switch out. Um, you know, Yota. Uh, I think yeah, it's probably sort of more value of having him in in your side right now. Um, he's already proven this season he's scored goals. So, um, yeah, right now I'd probably be on, on the Yota train as opposed to Jimenez. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we've spoken so much about Yota uh, on the podcast and, and shows this season. So, you know, it really is a credit to, to how good he's been for Liverpool this season. And, you know, in spells last season, uh, you know, when he wasn't injured, he was absolutely brilliant. And then the last question from our FPL community discord uh, is from Party Marty. And he says, how risky do you think it is to take out Trent Alexander-Arnold to free money elsewhere? Yeah, look, I think if you own him, um, you're losing such a good FPL player I know he's not in my side um but that was just because I kind of got caught up in the whole you know four million for Samika thing which you know paid off at the time but you know in hindsight I kind of wish I'd you know downgraded on Tony and put more money into Luke Shaw and had had Trent in there I think it's quite a dangerous move um you know they got the Leeds game this weekend but then after that they got the likes of uh you know Crystal Palace at home they've got Brentford um, you know, they've got a nice list there of teams. What else got Watford coming up there at home at some stage? I just think if you're if you own Trent, um, I just wouldn't get rid of him. I think he's yeah, he's, he's effectively like owning a midfielder in fantasy league. Um, that's you know how far advanced he plays. And even when he blanks, you know, say Liverpool concede or um, you know, he gets a two pointer, you just know that when they keep a clean sheet and they score a goal, he's he's normally involved in it. So yeah, he's definitely someone that if you've already got him now. Just don't think there's any need to get rid of him. He's already got huge points this season. So, um, you know, I think if he'd blanked in the first sort of three game weeks, you'd probably look at him and think, yeah, he's not really giving me value for money. But, yeah, right now he's he's more than giving value for money. Um, you know, I think I was saying at the start of the season, one of our FPL hangouts for seven and a half million, you've got to look at him as a you know a midfielder more than a defender at that price. Um, 
you know, and he's he's probably going to get more points than most, you know, eight million plus midfielders in my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, he, he's a, a midfielder playing in defence. You know, he, he's considered a, a premium, you know, because of his price point, but he's also considered a premium uh, because of how well he does and how many points he gets for you. So I've had him from the start of the season. Um, he's the first man, you know, for the past couple of seasons since he sort of broke out. He's been the first man in my my defence on my team sheet. So, um, you know, he's been absolutely brilliant for Liverpool and uh, fingers crossed he can keep that up for, for myself and a lot of other FPL managers. But um, Oli also asks... While we were on the topic of Yota, he asked between Yota or Ferran Torres, and I think that's quite a, a fair question to ask. Obviously, Torres gives you the risk of Pep Roulette, and Yota um, isn't necessarily too nailed on to start either. You know, Harvey Elliott's been playing a lot for them recently, which I'm sure Oli will be happy with me mentioning. But if you had to pick between the two at the minute, Guru, is it Yota or is it Ferran Torres? It's another tough question. Um Right now, I'm still going to stick with the Yotta. I, I like Liverpool's sort of fixtures. I like their next uh, couple of fixtures after this game. So you know, it's probably got to be Yotta. Um, yeah, but Ferran Torres is obviously hot right now. Um, but yeah, you know what you're going to get with, with Yotta. He's likely to play for quite a while now with Firmino out. Um, whereas Pep Guardiola could just drop Torres at any minute. So um, I'd probably pick Yotta over the two. Um but yeah, both both good options. Um, you know, Torres is that little bit cheaper as well, I think. So, you know, you might be able to put that money elsewhere. So um, it really just depends how much uh, how much budget you've got left. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair thing to, to mention as well. Nolly obviously does make the fair point that Torres is cheaper than Yotta uh, as it currently stands. So it's uh, definitely a, a good debate between the two. I think both of them um, are going to get you some some lovely returns. And obviously we saw what Torres did uh, in the last game week and Yotta not necessarily too prolific for Liverpool. But, um, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting one. And it's sort of a 50-50 toss of a coin sort of situation at the minute, I think. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how many people do transfer in Yotta and how how many people do go with Ferran Torres this week? But we've got another question from uh, from JC, uh, the man in our draft league, uh, the absolute legend on Discord and everything. And he says, who do you think Chelsea's most reliable assets are at the moment with their squad depth? He says he's worried to go with them because he's worried they'll become a Man City and rotate all the time. And, you know, Josh, that's why they've, they've started calling it Tuchel Roulette as well as, as Pep Roulette. We've got two in the league now. So we'll just sort of make that one, Guru. Yeah, look, he's definitely right. The squad depth is uh, is massive, and we even saw that at times last season when uh, Tuchel come in, and even under Lampard, we started to you know see a lot of different players playing. Um, there's obviously lots of quality players there. So, um, in terms of reliable assets, I'd probably say Mason Mount's a bit of a you know teacher's pet. Seems to get in the lineup all the time. Um, I'd say he's quite reliable. Do I like him from a fantasy perspective? Not hugely. Um, Obviously, he's a great player, but doesn't get huge amounts of goals. Um, and his assists, he does get assists, but he doesn't get high numbers. Um, you know, but, you know, if you want minutes um, and, you know, probably going to improve on the last season numbers, you'd hope, you know, probably Mount's pretty reliable for, for starts. Lukaku, I think's guaranteed to play most games. Um, and then if you're looking, obviously, you've got uh, Mendy in goal, I think solid, really good goalkeeper. Um, I'd expect him to play most league games, if not every league game. Um, and then, yeah, in defence, well, I'd probably look at Rudiger and maybe Azpilicheta, probably the two. Um, 
that I'd say are the most likely in terms of sort of FPL assets where you, know, you might get returns from. I'd probably say those players, um, you know, at the moment. Um, I would say, I'd like to say Reese James, but um, obviously he's banned and um, yeah, you just, just never know. But yeah, probably Aspilicheta, Rudiger, Mendy, Lukaku and yeah, Mason Mount. Other than that, um, it's quite reliable, but yeah, he's one of those with fantasy league. Um, you know, you've got to really pick fixtures wisely with him. Yeah, I think it's a very good point that you make. Obviously, as, as I mentioned, does like to rotate his players a fair bit and they've got the squad to do it these days. So uh, it does make it difficult for FPL managers when they're looking to, to bring some players in. But um, yeah, as, as the guru said there, I think, you know, majority of the players that you've just named there are pretty nailed on to start, um, especially, you know, the likes of Azpilicueta, you know, the captain. He is getting older now, but you'd like to hope that he'd be starting most games uh, for the Blues. But um, Rory asks another question and he says, would you go Saar or Traore? I'm going to assume that he's talking about Adama Traore and not Bertrand Traore from Aston Villa. But um, between the two, who is it for you, Guru? I like both players a lot. Um, but I'd be back in Traore because I think Wolves are a better side than Watford. Um I think Wolves, uh, once they do, you know, click into gear and start scoring a couple of goals, um, you know, I think uh, he's going to be very dangerous. So, you know, I'll probably sway more towards uh, Traore, but purely because Wolves are a sort of established Premier League team. Um, you know, and Watford obviously just come back up from the Championship. I know Sal was good last time out in the uh, in the Premier League, but um, yeah, I'd say right now I'll probably be back in Traore. Yeah, I think that's a fair bet. We've obviously talked about Adama Traore a lot and, you know, how unprolific he might be for in terms of his goal-scoring ability. But, you know, he's definitely, you know, there's a player inside of him that if he can manage to start getting the goals and the assists is going to absolutely explode for Wolves and explode for a lot of people's FPL team. So I think it's a it's a very good point that you do make. We've got another question from Shakalala Mecca Lekka. Um, probably a name that I haven't heard around here before. So if you are new, mate, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like, so you never miss uh, these uploads. And it's a pleasure to have you here. But um, he says, which is the best negative for you? He says, Mane and DCL or Ye Ings and Yotta. Ings will tick over, I bet, like DCL. Um, so between the two options there, Guru, Mane and DCL or Ings and Yotta? Um, oh, hold on. Does he mean bringing in... Um, bringing in Mane, does he want to bring Mane in? Is that what he's saying? Yeah, he... take a negative four, I think he says. So he's going to make two transfers this week and he's wondering between Mane and DCL or Ings and Yotta for his transfers. I think Mane and DCL, um, oh, it's a tough one actually because you're going to save a lot of money with uh, you know Yotta, Ings, Mane, DCL. Uh, I'll say Mane, DCL are the two players I'll probably still prefer in my lineup. Um at, with fixtures and I'd probably say yeah although obviously I've got Ings on my own side and I'm uh, keeping the faith um, I think yeah if you're going to look at the next couple of games Calvert Lewin's fixtures are better and then Mane is probably quite similar to Yotta other than his price so um, if I had to pick two players on face value for FPL purposes it would be those two Mane and DCL yeah, and obviously Mane is not necessarily the uh, the prolific player that he used to be, but I'm sure if he does start finding his feet, um, as we mentioned with Traore, he'll start exploding for Liverpool and uh, it'll be absolutely brilliant. We've got another question from Diam and he says he's thinking of playing Carson and benching Sanchez this week and he asks what your thoughts on that are, Guru. Has he ever watched Scott Carson play before? 
Um, if he has, <laughs> if he has, I'd say no. <laughs> um, yeah, look, to be honest, it's probably not the worst week to play uh, Scott Carson because you're going to get minutes out of him. But um, I'd probably bat Leicester to score more than Brentford. Um, yeah, look, I've still got some uh, pretty torrid memories of Scott Carson playing in golf for England. Um, so I'd probably say play Sanchez. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a fair bet. But while we're on the topic of, of Scott Carson, uh, the one game that he did play against last season was against my team, Newcastle. And the last time he played, Ferran Torres came away with a hat-trick. So to answer your question before, Ollie, it's it's Ferran Torres over Yotta, mate, because he's going to score a hat-trick this week against the Foxes. Uh, definitely proven uh, 100% accurate. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's an interesting one with Scott Carson. Um, you never really know what he's going to do. He's definitely a mixed bag of a player. And um, obviously he's getting older now. So it's it's a risk, but, you know, it's, if, if it's a risk worth, that you think is going to be worth taking, then um, I'd definitely go with that. But um, Ollie also asks, he says, one more for the night. Uh, on the topic of Lukaku, he says, if they're both fit this week, would you go with Harry Kane or Romelu Lukaku? Harry Kane, every time. Especially if Son's fit with him, because um, then you've got that sort of more chance of the assist. Um, you know, Kane's guaranteed on penalty kicks. Um, Lukaku don't think you're going to get pens. Uh, Jorginho is definitely going to take the pens for Chelsea. You know, he's their best taker. I uh, don't think Lukaku's link-up play is as strong as Kane's either. So, um, yeah, look, if Lukaku's fit, um, I'll be picking Kane. And that's not just being a Spurs fan. That's just FPL, um, you know, folklore. Um, you know, Kane's, you know, proven it time and time again, season after season. So, yeah, it'd be Harry Kane for me. I think that's a, that's a safe assumption to make. You know, Harry Kane, as we mentioned, does it all, doesn't he? You know, goals, assists last season, golden boot winner and uh, got the Cabri's Playmaker Award, I think it's called. So most assists in a season. So fair play to him. Um, and as you said, he's been doing it international break as well. So he's been absolutely brilliant for Spurs, brilliant for England. Um, there's no reason to, to not put all your trust in Harry Kane. I think now that all that sort of transfer speculation and that saga sort of died down for, for one more transfer window, I'm sure it will resurface again at some point. But, you know, he's getting his head down now and he's committing to Spurs uh, for, for this season, he said. So, you know, you definitely like to hope that he can, uh, you know, maybe reach the, the ceilings that he, he made towards last season. So it will definitely be an interesting one. But I definitely agree with you there, Guru. I think Kane is the man to go with uh, out of them. And, and Chris Reid asks another question. And it's one that I'm not a massive fan of. But he says, hot take, triple captain Ronaldo. No. No way. I think, um, you know, even this is another thing I've sort of said with Ronaldo and I've discussed this with a few other, you know, FPL uh, friends and accounts. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what people are expecting from Ronaldo this weekend. You know, um, I think bringing him in, triple captain him, you, you want him to get at least a hat trick if you're going to triple captain him. Um, you know, maybe a double, but he might not even start. So, um I would be saving that triple captain for a double game week where, you know, Ronaldo's bedded in uh, to Man United and they've got two good fixtures. Um, so now I would be, uh, I'd be waiting on that one for sure. Yeah, I know there's a lot of, you know, obviously it comes with the hype, doesn't it, Guru? So, you know, when a, a player as big as Ronaldo does come to the league, you know, a lot of people are uh, sort of basing their teams around just, you know, getting Ronaldo in their side now. So it's definitely 
um, going to be an interesting one. But um, what we're going to do now is move on from FPL and we'll move on to UCL. And um, without the transition, I might play it for the end of you uh, at the end of the podcast for everybody listening because I just absolutely love it. Um, but obviously, you know, we've spoken a lot about fantasy for this week, and there's a lot to obviously that we have discussed and. Um, yeah, UCL fantasy is also coming up as well. It's also going to be uh, quite prolific in our community. Um, so I think it's definitely something that we do have to discuss. So Guru, you've got your your draft team for your UCL fantasy team. There's no Guru reveal this time uh, for your UCL team. But obviously, if anyone um, is out there watching this back on repeat, the Guru will have put this up on his socials as well, I'm sure, just to, to let people know where his sort of team is situated at, at the minute. But um, I want to start with the, the forward line Guru. So you wouldn't triple captain Ronaldo uh, this week, but he's in your UCL fantasy team with the armband on him. Yeah, look, I'm just, I've got him on this one. I'm thinking the young boys fixture, um, you know, is, is, uh, a good fixture for him and I think if he's going to start in any game it's, it's his competition right the Champions League so you know I think this is the one um if you're going to captain him I, I think he's going to start this one I've got more faith in him sort of coming out getting the minutes uh, behind his belt in this one than um, than the Newcastle game so um yeah he loves the Champions League he loves his goals in the Champions League so um yeah at the moment it's on him um I'd love for it to be on Messi as well because you know he's got Bruges but um yeah, it's on. It's on him at the moment. I think Young Boys is a is a good fixture for him. Yeah, and obviously there's uh, no explanation or introduction needed for the uh, the other two in your forward line, Lionel Messi. Um, he is obviously one of the more expensive players on the game. He definitely doesn't come at that cheap enabler discount price. But you know, you back at him. You know, in in against all that that quality in that PSG side. He obviously is Lionel Messi, isn't he? So he's going to pull through for PSG. He's going to be their focal point and he's going to get your returns this season. Yeah, look, it was a tough one. Uh, obviously not fitting uh, Lewandowski in there straight away. Um, but, you know, I've got some money on the on the on uh, in the bank just in case I can do a quick switch. Um, but Messi's got to go in there against Bruges. Um, you know, you can't do Champions League fantasy and not have Messi and Ronaldo in there this year. Um, I just think it's just all part of the uh, part of the fun. And um, yeah, Messi's in there. And obviously alongside him there is Holland, who I think, you know, we discussed it on Instagram the other day earlier. I think he's going to have probably 100% ownership. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't have 100% ownership, you know, especially with these types of fixtures. So yeah, that front three, I think, you know, there's obviously so many other options, but yeah, that's just the front three I was always wanted from the start, you know, just can't think of three better premiums right now in this in this Champions League game. Yeah, Daniel's not too happy with the uh, the messy shout. He says you should have gone with Neymar instead. <laughs> I'm sure he's uh, he's talking about his, his razzle and dazzle that he so loves from all his Brazilian players, and that's why he's probably having a crisis uh, with you know the the prospect of them not being able to play because his team is uh, situated around a lot of them. But obviously, Haaland, Messi, Ronaldo, they're going to get returns for you. They're going to be absolutely brilliant for you. Um, so I think that's a it's a fairly standard and you know sort of. Um, common front three that a lot of people are going to have so um, if we move on to your midfield uh, you've got Chiesa in there and you know he was sort of a, a hero for the Euros for Italy and in a lot of people's Euro fantasy teams so what's your, your your choice behind picking him? Yeah look he's a bit he's a bit premium he's about nine million um, but you know I'm looking at Juve now Ronaldo's gone and I'm thinking you know Chiesa's probably going to step up he's going to be a bit of a talisman for him so um, yeah he's got to go in there for me I think. 
Yeah, and obviously Pizza Boy's had his say there on the the next man, uh, Fabinho. He says Casemiro's better than him. What was your thought process behind picking Fabinho? Yeah, look, Casemiro's obviously a great player, um, as is Fabinho. So um, I just think Liverpool are a better side than Real Madrid. Um, And yeah, the three ball recoveries, I think Fabinho is just... You know, there's a lot of opportunity for him to win the ball back. Uh, you know, gain that extra point for the three ball recoveries. I know Casemiro can do the same, but yeah, just like Fabinho. Um, I don't think there's too much in it between some of those defensive midfielders. Yeah, and Ferran Torres, he obviously was the, the talk of the show today for a lot, uh, a, a big part of it, a big fraction of it. So um, he's in your, your UCL fantasy team, you know, with the, the rotation that Man City can do. Um, do you think he's going to start? And why have you gone with him over your man, Gundogan Guru? I'm disappointed in you for not going with Gundogan. <laughs> yeah, look, obviously, I think this whole pet roulette thing, and I think um, we will start to see Torres used in the Champions League. Um, you know, like he was last year. I can see someone like Sterling come, coming back into the Premier League side over Torres eventually. Um, yeah, he's kind of just in there as a sort of a placeholder for now. This Again, this team could change, um, you know, at deadline. Um, but for now, I just thought he's in form. He's about seven and a half million on this game. I wanted to get some City coverage and he was sort of what I could afford. And I thought, you know, probably just slightly better than Gundogan right now in terms of his returns. Yeah, definitely agree with you there as well. And you've obviously gone with Marla and Mounier, two very attacking fullbacks, uh, respectively, for their teams. Marla was a, an absolute hero at the Euros and Mounier was in, in that, that match day one. I remember having him in my team and he came off the bench and got a lot of returns. So I love the picks there from those two. Um, as Piliqueta and Diego Carlos uh, are two pretty safe bets to go with as well. You think they're going to be starting and getting you lots of points as well? Yeah, look, obviously, Mala, Munier were just Euro fantasy throwbacks. And I think two very attacking teams, so had to be in there. Uh, Aspilicetta, again, placeholder at the moment. Then, you know, it depends if he, if he gets the starts in the Champions League. But, um, you know, I'd expect him to play in at least those early fixtures where Chelsea would need the results. Uh, Carlos, I've heard big things about him in our Discord. So, um, you know, I'm going to jump on that he's train. He's another as well. FIFA one. He's another he fee is, for one. He is. So I thought I'll put him in. He's a good price. Um, and then, yeah, if we want to so quickly, uh, I think we're quite wrapped for time. So I'll just quickly cover off the rest. We've got uh, Donnarumma in goal. Um, I think you know, if he's going to be starting for PSG, again, a bit of Euro fantasy. Uh, FOMO in there. He's got to be in there. I wanted another PSG player. Um, and then I've got uh, Stecklenberg from Ajax. He's currently playing at the moment, whilst there's uh, their other goalkeepers banned. Um, so he goes in there, nice little rotation option. Got Lamella on there. He's on fire for Seville. He's playing as a bit of a false nine, um, six million. Obviously, got a uh, you know a bit of got to get some sort of Spurs blood in there somehow. Uh, so he goes in there. Um, Alvarez again, another Discord sort of hero, um, and then Rusalon, sort of another ultimate team. You know, FIFA quite a hero enabler. So. Um, you know, this is sort of the placeholder team at the moment. You know, we could see changes at deadline. Um, I will have to do a bit more analysis and, and research before deadline. But, yeah, pretty confident this team could, uh, could get some points in the first match day. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you very much for taking uh, us through your, your team guru and for your time uh, today, obviously helping a lot of people out with their fantasy teams. But um, 
that does wrap up the show for today. I think I'll just mention quickly that the Guru Scout 11, uh, we didn't have time to mention it today, but that will be posted on his social. So if you are playing a wild card or a free hit, or just want to look at it and, you know, find out who's the, the people to transfer in this week, um, you can definitely find that on his Twitter and everything. So, um, or his Instagram, FPL underscore addict. So uh, go find it there. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. Myself and Ollie will be back tomorrow night for the Crystal Palace against Spurs. Watch along at nine o'clock Melbourne time, 12 o'clock midday uh, English time. So, uh, you know, come and join us, come chat, discuss all things FPL as we always love to do. And um, until next time, take care, stay safe. May all your FPL dreams come true in game week four. Bye for now. Thank you.